0: Happy Halloween. The Children's Museum of L.A., my memories are so uh, keen of that. Um, I didn't move down to L.A. until I was uh, an adult, but it was uh, part of my job to help lure children to the Children's Museum. Uh, I like to start my Halloween show with a a child molestation joke, and then... (laughs) Move right into the classy material, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a big night, so I would pace yourselves, and you're doing pretty well right now. You really haven't lifted off. In fact, if anything, I could say there's a Hindenburgian air of defeat in the air tonight, which is really going to inform the whole show. Cock. Ever, ever show me up, tongs. This is how those wars get started. Those tong wars. And the globe spins. Tonight, we're going to be seeing a classic of the uh, genre, uh, possibly the most understated and elegant horror film you'll ever see, as well as one of the most unforgettable and moving. Uh, it's called Eyes Without a Face, and it's from 1959 by Georges uh It's... Um, uh, going to be shown soon. So what I would do is this. Uh, if I was you listening out there in Greg Proops Film Club land, I would queue uh, it up or Netflix it up pretty soon. Usually I give an intro, but I've decided to jump right in tonight, if that's okay with everybody. There's usually a preamble and music and shit like that. In fact, let's have a little music. I think it might pep things up a little bit. Robo, play the theme song for just a second, will you? Robo, when I say that, monster movie night here. But it's elegant, French, poetic, heroic, fantastique monster movie night here, full of Baudelaire and Jeremy Irons and everything redolent of uh, going into an incense store and ending up coming home looking like you bought something for Cher's Foyer. (sighs) Uh, uh, If you've ever been to France, um, it's fun. And (laughs) I mean, we're not in France. This is the Greg Proops Film Club, and we're conducting it here from Hollywood's most uh, venerable uh, um, theater located on Fairfax Avenue. And it's uh, one of the most exciting repertory theaters that shows all of the classics of every genre and has a breadth and width and catholicity of taste that is unparalleled anywhere in the cinematic experience that you'll hear, hear in what we like to call the Southland on television, uh, which is always mortifying because I think we're going to be sitting on a porch with... Min- juleps, waving at ourselves with fans and there's going to be people coming by we were having mint juleps backstage tonight and not mint juleps per se, but there was a bottle of something called mint julep and it was a soda pop, and uh, yeah, I tasted it, I didn't someone warned me and went, don't put it right in your drink and like, that's not a ringing endorsement for a soda pop, you know what I mean I mean, if Pepsi's slogan had been when they first started, don't put it right in your drink people would be like, mmm, that sounds lethal, more than uh, appealing in any way uh, but I had already had a, a test glass set aside with some ice, and it, welcome to the show. Thank God I'm here to talk before the movie starts; otherwise, you'd be late. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I put it on some ice, and it tasted like—I um, don't know if you've ever put mouthwash in the freezer for a while, <laughs> and then mixed it with some peppermint schnapps, and then let disappointment set over your very being. That's what it tasted like. It tasted like failure, like uh, the second bull run. You know what I mean? Like big failure, like Gettysburg failure. And uh, uh, on the label of the mint julep soda pop, which I shan't recommend, you know what it tasted like to me? I'll be very bloody honest. Uh, do you remember the mint jelly that your mother would buy in a jar and would serve with lamb if she ever made lamb? Um, it had that weird consistency. It actually had the same consistency as that jarred jelly. And the same flavor entirely. Fake mint. And you know what I mean when I say fake mint? You can taste fake mint right now when I'm saying it. If I say fake cherry, you know exactly what fucking flavor comes into your mouth. Fake orange? Yeah, you fucking tasted it. (laughs) They're more familiar than the real flavors. Who's zooming fucking him? So uh, I tasted some of this mint julep, and uh, on the label it says plantation style. (laughs)
1: Let
0: taste rain. Hells yes plantation style Will you drink to the stars and bars sir Do you braise me sir I'm a gentleman of distinction we have, I have, You have made a disadvantage I have not yet been introduced to you sir well, Will you drink plantation style Mint julep with me sir On the back porch of a West Hollywood theater that's about to show eyes without a face on Halloween Eve here in 2013, the year of our Lord, the year that the shutdown failed, blessed be its name. <laughs> Will you drink to the Boehner and to the Cruz, sir. Uh, that, you know, so we were drinking, I was drinking it. Everyone was staring at me while I was drinking it. Um, and, uh, there were some other things going on uh, backstage that uh, I want to talk about ever so briefly. Uh, a lot of times when the show's about to start and you're about to do a uh, your act or whatever they call it or your podcast, um, you're waiting to go on and then you're ushered on and then boom, you're on the stage. Here at the CineFamily, I want you to know that we were standing outside there and all of the doors were locked against us. And like an adventure film, possibly starring Parker Stevenson, um, People were summoned to let us in And I said that's the difference between the CineFamily gig And any other gig that you'll do in LA Often at other comedy gigs You're allowed free entrance to the stage Anytime you're introduced Thank you Um, If it's going to be this way the whole time I am willing to dump this show Let me tell you one thing I would rather everyone in this room die Because it's Halloween Eve Than this show go poorly It's not a threat. Uh, <laughs> you paid a ticket. You made a covenant. I invited you in the door. Um, all the decisions you've made so far have been yours. What's happening now is the result of a series of things that you decided. Yeah. That's how that goes. So the next part of the show, uh, no matter what you think, is Fantastic. And uh, I want you to react that way uh, Overtly By that I mean Don't lie there Like a dead salamander That I've pinned to a fucking uh, Vivisection mat With different tacks At points of its Different flippers and whatnot. I don't know what salamanders have I've never vivisected a salamander <laughs> Per se <laughs> I had an otter pop once And uh, they're, they're delicious You remember the blue ones? What did the fucking blue ones taste like, right? Otter Pops were... Blue. Someone went... Blue. Let me abstract this for you, Greg. What if Dennis Hopper was making... Man, they're fucking Pops, but they're Otters! Uh, Okay. They're both Otters and they're Pops. And they did have different... The flavors match the colors, right? Bing. It was weird. Um, If we had Otter Pops tonight, I think there'd be a lot more jollity in the crowd. Here's the thing that I miss from Halloween. I... Uh, candy corn and dishes at people's houses how come people aren't doing that anymore did we all get too cool for that when you would go to a house in like 1971 there'd be a fucking bowl of candy corn standing yeah and as a child you would just dip in with both fists like you were a convict on leave (laughs) just like (laughs) and candy corn are waxy and weird they're like eating a candle a delicious candle with a surprising vanilla tip. And not that many things have a surprising vanilla tip. Even, even rappers named vanilla tip don't have surprising vanilla tips that have the same flavor that fucking candy corn does. But candy corn rules in a lot of ways. Not as much as the, I've discussed it on the show before, forgive me my repetition, the skeletons that were filled with juice that you'd bite the head off and drink the juice out of. What was the juice made of? Why was that allowed? Really? Is this Sri Lanka in the 50s? How come the health standards are so fucking low? We're all going to get fucking dengue fever or some bullshit from that. There's, someone died of rickets because of a green juice skeleton in 1974. I'm telling you they did. I'm telling you. Timmy Scott at my school fucking died of pellagra that he induced from the juice from a green fucking skeleton juicer. Skeleton wax one. They were heinous beyond repair. There was no getting over those. I mean, there was great candy, you know. Three Musketeer bars. There was no point in the Three Musketeer bar where you harshed. At every point, you were like, this contains its creamy, foamy goodness. (laughs) You didn't need the aid of marijuana or any other kind of uh, bullshit. So we're standing outside. And I'm like Well let's go in And like Are you guys ready To do the show And uh, someone came up to me And said um, Are you ready to do the show As if I'd been recalcitrant up till then As if I'd been on the patio Like no I don't want to go on I don't want to show this picture You know why It's too controversial <laughs> When this movie came out People said About this movie And people don't say this Often about movies It should never have been made Like really That's a scathing indictment Of a motion picture Don't you think I mean I went to like, you know what's that one with Kevin Costner and Tim Allen and Wild Pigs Three, what's it called? What's that one? Wild what? Wild hogs. Wild hog Wild Pigs. What are the fuck? Wild hogs, hogs, hogs. Like the Duran Duran song. Wild hog, hog hog. Not Randy. Wild hog, Hog, hog hog. Johnson Travolta's there. Wild hug, hog, hug. Never close your eyes. Wild hugs always. Wild hugs, hugs, hugs. Baudelaire. There's a segue. that's the thing about Hollywood that I like the most you can be talking about the Wild Hogs franchise (laughs) in one breath and the next moment all of a sudden you're transported to the wings of French poetry (laughs) not this crowd but you know the people that are listening (laughs) thank you for laughing that was terrible this is from Flowers of Evil it's about tonight's movie um Are you suggesting or inferring in some way that uh, Baudelaire knew that one day you would show Eyes Without a Face in 2013 with fell and dread fucking ramifications? Yes. And to make it funner and to make it more entertaining, I'd like to read it as Jeremy Irons. Thank you all. But Charles Baudelaire, a madrigal... (laughs) You're very attractive of you, are you from Croatia?
1: (laughs) 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 I killed.
0: A madrigal of sorrow, what do I care, though you be wise? Be sad, be beautiful, your tears. But add one more charm to your eyes. As streamed valleys where they rise, And fairer every flower peers After the storm, I love you most. When joy has fled your brow downcast, When your heart is in horror lost, And over your present like a ghost, Floats the dark shadow of the past. I love you when the teardrop flows, Hot as blood from your large eye. When I would pu- hush you to repose, Your heavy pain breaks forth and grows Into a loud and tortured cry And then voluptuousness divine Delicious ritual and profound I drink in every sob like wine And drink that in your deep heart shine The pearls wherein your eyes were drowned Franju uh, made a bunch of pictures And the thing about this movie is It's not just that it's a horror film I don't even know if you can classify it as a horror film um, One of the actresses in the movie Edith Scobe, referred to it as a fantastique um, Franju and everyone involved in this picture Is top drawer, top flight, A class You can't believe the people that made this movie Hmm. And the intention therein. The genre down novel that served as the basis for Eyes Without a Face was more unsettling than the movie. Franjou and his producer Jules Bourcon knew they were facing potential censorship problems with this picture. Mm, that sounds inviting. When are we gonna show it? Fucking soon. <laughs> <laughs> the writers uh, are amazing. Pierre Ballou and Thomas Najik. They wrote Diabolique, if you've ever seen that fine, funnishing picture. Oh, yeah. Clouseau is uh, without Pierre. And um, uh, here we go. Let's see here. Uh, this is from the Criterion version notes. At the Edinburgh Film Festival, where it premiered in 1959, seven viewers actually fainted from the ordeal. <laughs> I'm going to keep a body count tonight I have a small abacus Shaped like a cat And each person that fails to draw breath After a certain amount of time Will be tallied in that And marked down in a gigantic book of orange and black That I will keep in a drawer Only accessible at low tide When the crabs cease their Unbelievable nocturnal perambulations (laughs) An incantation has been cast upon this movie, and each and every one of you lies now deeply and irrevocably under its spell. Could it be that you sense a disquieting metamorphosis in your own self as a viewer, that your soul has reached to a black and abysmal place, a place where Lovecraft would have laughed at as the greasily flapping wings slam down the stairs of your fucking deepest fears? (laughs) Edith Scobe recalled, even though it was painful, I had to show up earlier than the others for makeup sessions. And wearing a mask all day long makes you a a thing. (laughs) With no expression, you're put aside like an object. They made a face print of me in order to create a series of masks that would often fit me. There's no other horrible word like masks, except for fists. I have a terribly syllabant S and a very lazy R. Sometimes I say wadger. <laughs> so masks is a terrible word for me. Uh, Scobes takes a at eyes without a face being labeled a horror film and prefers to call it a fantastique film. Horror films present another kind of violence. There's actually something poetic in eyes, which, which makes it richer. Um, Franju started the uh, um, Cinémathèque Francaise with another fellow. Uh, this is what I wanted to read you Because this is, I think, where Franju was coming from when he was making this picture. He made a lot of movies. And uh, Scobe talked about Franju, about surgery. This is a movie. And because we're in Hollywood, surgery is an issue here. Um, I'm not surgerized. Really, Greg? We couldn't tell. Your bloated, uncinematic face and your hideous demeanor have not belied that you had undergone any kind of knife that would have revealed perfection. <laughs> Friends, you felt this way. Um, he was fascinated with everything pertaining to surgery. He would say that the most beautiful horror film he'd ever seen was a documentary about a trepanation. Tree panning is the act of boring into someone's skull and removing parts of their brain that they cannot feel as the brain is the only organ that does not sense pain. And right now, with all the coughing going on, I'm sensing a lot of psychic pain in the audience. <laughs> However, when I trepan you with this fucking movie, later, yeah, later you will remember the cautionary spray of green mist that I flew in front of you. Yeah, no, you didn't come into this unwilling or unwitting in any way. You willingly came forward like a child toward a bowl of fucking Reese's Pieces. (laughs) You thought there'd be peanut buttery chocolatey goodness at the end of this. And all you got was a fucking surgery scene that made your flesh creep and never allow you to sleep properly again. (laughs) Never allow you to sleep properly again. Corn with a surprise vanilla tip. <laughs> Cue it up, ladies and gentlemen. It's available on Hulu, something, and I'm not advertising it for Hulu, but I couldn't help but notice it today. 1959's Georges Franjou classic. Spin it with us, if you will. We're getting ready to play Eyes Without a Face. <laughs> Wow, a uh, used eyes without a face. Um, is that a woman's picture or what? Um, it's an it's an elegant and understated horror film. The operation scene, I think, might be the most <clears throat> unsettling scene uh, you'll see in a while. The perspiration and the breathing in that scene alone bring it to a claustrophobic uh, claustrophobic level Uh, the ending where she lets the dogs uh, spoiler alert well presumably you've watched the picture by now uh, with us Um, the the, uh, where she lets the dogs free in and the girl free in Um, and the poetry of her having the white dove at the end is uh, absolutely fabulous um when she stabs uh, Ida uh, Valley's character, and at first it's not revealed where she stabs her, and then you see, oh, crikey, Uh, right in the windpipe. How much can that be? And then she goes, pourquoi? And then falls to the floor with her unbelievably tasteful pumps. Uh, That's a... uh, that's an amazing horror film. I, I, I would agree with uh, Edith, uh, Edith Scobe or Edith Scob, however you say her name, that that it's a fantastique. Um, how amazing is her mask that she wears through the movie? Uh, and how effective is that mask? Uh, obviously, uh, Mike Myers later, you know, wears a version of that mask. Oh, yeah, buddy. Um, A lot of people saw this picture, and um, like I said, it was a picture they said oughtn't have been made, which is a a fantastic critique of a film. In the American version, evidently, the scene where he's kind to the uh, dying child was cut out. Don't ask. Um, This is America. We're predator-droning and waterboarding as we speak. Um, (laughs) um, I was just glad to be able to show a picture with that much poetry in it at Halloween. Uh, Last year, we showed uh, Return of the Living Dead. That was my choice. Um which is a fantastic zombie movie that has running zombies that can't be killed under any circumstances and therefore is the most disappointing zombie movie of all time because the humans have no fucking way to win. Um, This was my wife's choice, uh, Jennifer, and it's a a, a superbly poetic film, and albeit um, unforgettable uh, in a a lot of horrible ways. Uh, I think if you're a... um, a human it speaks to you in a great deal of ways. Let's take a couple questions and then we'll uh, piss off into this good Halloween night. And uh, thank you very much for coming tonight. Uh, we'll be back again here in uh... – yeah, Robbo. You got a question? We'll be back November 11th with uh, La Femme Nikita. Yeah, we're on a French tip. Get up on that. Uh, La Femme Nikita is as shallow As this movie is poetic And that's what makes La Femme Nikita Yeah, it's mini skirts and explosions And putting guns together And fucking boom boom Out go the lights It's uh, my favorite Luc Besson film If one can have a favorite favorite Luc Besson film I don't think anyone would say it was Subway Uh, And I thank you for that For the quietude that attended that did he not make the um, Mila Jovanovich uh, Joan of Arc film? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one has moments. I'll be fucking honest. <laughs> I'm a sucker for Joan of Arc, but there you are. Uh, anybody? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hi, what's your name? Uh, Kevin Hermes. Hi, Kevin. You don't have to give your full name. <laughs>
1: uh, you mentioned earlier in the beginning about how he made a bunch of films, but the only things I could find by him was one other... 60s and a French Slaughterhouse
0: documentary. Right, well there's those two ones. I don't know that a lot of other films might have been overcharacterizing it, but uh, yes, he didn't make any pictures for I think the last 15 years or so. Uh, Judex is a, a famous picture he made and uh, the Slaughterhouse documentary is a part of his whole motif. I, I think he looked at regular film and thought I'll make a documentary about it and looked at documentaries and thought I'll make a film out of it. Uh, I can't speak for Franju, but uh, uh, do you have a question, or was I jumping in a little early there? No, I,
1: I just—I don't know how much you knew about him. He also did a bunch of like,
0: uh, I guess, pseudo tourism documentaries oh, yeah. or something. I just didn't know what his motive was or what his deal was. It, in in a way, uh, this picture stands alone, I think, because it's uh, it has so much uh, going for it and um, is such a definitive. Uh, statement on identity and uh, sexuality and possessiveness and uh, I mean, is anyone more controlling than the Lou Professor, the father, the doctor in this movie? It is un fucking believable. And then at the end, when the dogs eat him, you're kind of like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of horror movies where they just end and people go like, stop it, you know, and that's it. And or. <laughs> you know or freeze frame or prophecy and there's an inside bear but in this one uh, justice is done justice is fucking served and not only is justice served justice is punctuated with a woman carrying a dove into the forest with a mask on so it's it's French justice and that's the best kind of justice you know what I mean because poetry served along with fucking uh, dogs eating your neck to death. And by the way, did you notice his horrible left eye poking out at the end? Because he had eyes without a face at the end as well. Even though he was kind once in the movie. And there was one, la- oh, one unintentional laugh about halfway through. I think Franju is singularly... Um, uh, I don't know if the word humorless is the right word. But he's not playing to the bleachers. playing to a horrible apartment at the top of the stairs where you've been locked in for the last 17 weeks because your ear's falling off. Uh, any more? and Then we'll go. I'll let you live. I'll let you live. I don't think you should have watched this film before you went to sleep. Uh, I think yes, gonna... your name, sir. Oh, my name is Blake. You. Hello, Blake. I'm Greg.
1: First thing
0: that comes to mind... What's I mean, up, man? At
1: the end of the day, <laughs> just watching her face.
0: Yeah, it's good. is <laughs> trippy. I thought
1: that she was going to kill herself. you know, Right? Because she said that she was going to... You know, she wanted the syringe or something. The-,
0: the serum that they give the dogs when things go wrong.
1: <laughs> and so when I see her walk into the forest with a dove, you know, you immediately think, like, well, what happens next? So my question...
0: Resurrection! Is- Go ahead. Sorry. If I was writing the sequel to this, if I was writing the sequel to this, first of all, if I was writing the sequel to this, uh, we're having a meeting tomorrow. It's at 10 a.m. I got to get my shit together because I got to work on my pitch. Secondly, yes, Billy Idol's doing the theme song. I already called him. No, seriously. Eyes without a face. This time it's personal. Obviously someone else loses their face and she becomes the mad doctor and she resurrects the dead uh, Von Alley character and and, and she has to be an undead assistant to her and the father's picture is on the wall at all times (laughs) and Kurt Russell (laughs) yes you fucking heard me (laughs) you asked if I made a sequel what I would do who's married to Gerard Depardieu Carol Bouquet Carol Bouquet Plays that Someone went Unfortunately That can be looked at One of Duh Ways (laughs) Unfortunately Because He's gigantic now And looks like a giant Water buffalo (laughs) With a penis Shaped nose Even though Once upon a time He was a much Different actor indeed Or two uh, You're just jealous You're you're Totes jelly Uh, In which case Wow get up off of that caballo and dance till you feel better um carol bouquet is exquisite and i I think she plays my she plays ida valley in my version of the new one uh thank you and good night uh did you have a question or did i preempt that utterly by jumping in with excellence well and maybe not excellence the potential for excellence is always there know that about my show hold that in your mind when you think of what I'm talking about it's boring now but maybe yes Blaine
1: Blake Blake is
0: it how do you have a soap opera name that's so awesome I wish my name was Steel or Rod or something like that my name's Proops can you imagine how disappointing that is growing up your name's Blake that's just awesome that's like being named razor sharp dude you know, you wake up and the... What's your name, Blake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll buy my uh, parents a Halloween present for that You're one. Your what? I said I'll buy my parents a present for that one.
1: I gotta thank them for the name. Greg, Greg Gre-
0: Yeah. What's your last name, Blake? Uh, Tantrell? Regal. <laughs> This has been the Smartest Man in the World podcast, Greg Proofs Film Club. You have been the greatest film crowd in the world. This has been Eyes Without a Face. We'll be back on November 11th with the Nikita. Thank you very much and good night, everybody. Cheers. Happy Halloween. And good luck
1: sleeping.